0: What a blessing. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1 tonight. In your Bible, please, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, and chapter number 1. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. It's great to see families serving God together. I, I love It blesses my heart so much. So thankful for it. Okay, Ephesians chapter number 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. "...having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom." And prudence. We're going to stop our reading there. We're continuing on in our series, The Scarlet Thread. And I've titled the message for tonight, Redemption and Forgiveness. I'm thankful that I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful I've been forgiven forever. Amen. Forever. We're going to try to emphasize that just a little bit. Just because it's so good. Anyway, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, help us, Lord, as we get into your word. Illuminate it by your spirit and speak to our hearts clearly. Walk out the noise of this world that we might hear what you have for us tonight. I pray, Lord, that you just use this as a vessel. Um, please, we're trusting you for these things and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. The thread of atonement that we have been following through the Old Testament to the cross of Jesus is a scarlet thread. Uh, It is a thread crimson stained with the blood of first multiplied animal sacrifices until we reach the New Testament. And once we get there, we're introduced to the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And that was accomplished, we know, by Jesus shedding His own blood as a a payment for that. The scarlet thread of atonement leads us to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In the book, uh, Blood Work, author Anthony Carter writes, to read the Bible with any seriousness and sober discernment is to see the shedding of blood or the implications of it on practically every page. If the history of redemption is a story told in pictures, the blood of Christ is the paint with which the story is portrayed. You know, without the frequent references to the blood of Jesus, it's really impossible to uh, faithfully teach the truth of atonement and of man's restoration of oneness to God. The blood of Christ is so regularly mentioned in the New Testament it's, it's far more than just a symbolic reference to the cross or a, even a synonym of our Savior's death. The shedding of the blood of Jesus is 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 the very means by which all the benefits of our salvation were purchased for the Christian. Everything was purchased through the shedding of His blood. And the Scriptures really make that abundantly clear. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, "...for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things..." As silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Revelation chapter one, verse five. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Somebody say amen right there. Mercy. Uh, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus. The significance of the blood of Jesus cannot be overemphasized. It can't be overemphasized. That's why I love singing about it. That's why I love to preach about it. That's why I love to proclaim it. In Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle Paul traces the uh, the abundant blessings of God's grace and and all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places and the assurance that God has chosen us to live forever before him in holiness and blamelessness and in love and and our acceptance and our redemption and our forgiveness all to the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not anything we've done And it's not anything we might continue to do. It is all because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must, we must, we must, if we are going to be successful in our Christianity, we have to get that thought down in our head, in our heart. We have to believe what God is telling us here. And with this message, I want to consider a couple of benefits we have received through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. The first one's found there in verse number 7, where it says, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So so number one, we have redemption. We have redemption. When uh, God placed Adam and Eve in a garden, He established He established His authority over their lives. We know that. Come on, we're Bible readers. I know who I'm preaching to tonight. But He gave them permission to eat the fruit of all the trees there in the Garden of Eden except for one. And as their Creator and as their Lord, God reminded them that one requirement of their relationship, get this now, it's important, one requirement of their relation to Him was submission. Submission to Him. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin not only brought guilt into their lives and shame into their lives, but it also took control of their lives. I'm just making sure everybody's awake. Because you really, no, 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 we need to take note of this. It not only brought guilt and shame into their lives, but it took control of their lives. Because see, by, by his sin, Adam sold the entire human race into the slavery of sin. The slavery of sin. Well, I don't know what you're talking about there, preacher. John chapter 8, verse number 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Okay. Romans chapter 5, verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or life unto righteousness? We become slaves to sin because we want our own way. And it really doesn't matter what the Bible says or what anybody else says about it. We do what we want to do. You know we do that because we become slaves to sin. No, no, no. Anything no 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 anything contrary to what God would have us to do is uh, sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, you know, it's it's really something we who are sitting in this auditorium tonight, just looking around at everybody that's here, pretty much we that are sitting in this auditorium tonight, we know what we're supposed to be doing and we know what we're not supposed to be doing. Would I be safe to say that? Yeah. So, so all those things that we're supposed to be doing, if we're not doing those, those are sin. And then, very simply, those things that we know we're not supposed to be doing that go we go ahead and do them. Those are sin also. And when we get to thinking that we can just go through that, no, no, no. When we get to thinking, you know, it's just an everyday thing, and what? No, it it seems so. uh, it seemed like it's not a big deal, but what has happened is we become slaves to sin. And we are more obedient, listen to me now, we are more obedient to the sin that is reigning in our body than we are to the God in heaven. To the Savior that lives in us. We're more obedient to that than we are to Him. Now we got big problems then, don't we? Sure, absolutely we do. No, 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 no. I, I mean, we become sin. sin became... Sin became a reigning power in the lives of mankind, controlling our, controlling our lives and, 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 and subjecting us to the very power of death itself. That happened in the Garden of Eden. Start with Adam. Sin is powerful, isn't it? Oh, come on, it can cause us to do things we never thought we'd do. It can cause us to think we can get by with things that we really don't need to get by with, can't it? Sure. No, it's very powerful. Very, very powerful, yeah. Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world, and death by sin. <clears throat> There's a lot of addicts out there that know well the enslaving and destructive power of sin. Addicts. Come on, drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, gambling, and uh, food enslave a lot of people. Many addictive, many mm, many, many have addictive behaviors because of sin that drives us to do things that we know better. And, and really, really, even even equally addictive is the love of money, a desire for popularity, pride, gossip, bitterness, a, a critical spirit, and many other quote unquote lesser sins that are still sin. Well, preacher, it's not like I carry a bottle of booze around. That's a good deal, you know. And, and you finally given up dipping snuff. That's wonderful. You don't smoke them nasty cigarettes anymore. Hallelujah. I'm happy for you. You don't go buy drugs. Wonderful, wonderful. But how's your spirit? The bitterness, the gossip. It's all sin. And it's sin that we can practice and still sit in church every time the doors are open. So we have to check ourselves, don't we, to make sure that sin's not reigning in our mortal body, because it, it'll rain us, won't it? Come on, come on, come on! Bitterness, unforgiveness. Well, I tell you, I'll never forgive them because of the way they treated me. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it! You better read, you better read uh, Matthew five, six, and seven again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that is a sin, also. <clears throat> And uh, we need to check ourselves to make sure that it's not uh, controlling us. You know, sin can distort almost any good thing into something sinfully addictive that will take us captive to the very destruction of our lives. So sad to say. But it's very true. It's very true. We get to thinking that we're doing pretty good if we're not doing the things that we used to do. But maybe we ought to look a little deeper into our hearts, into our lives, and where we are. God redeemed us. We're talking about redemption. God redeemed us from the power of sin, from the power of sin through the shed blood of Jesus. He redeemed us from that. That word redeemed, to redeem means to release through the payment of a price. We've been redeemed. We've been bought. With that price, Um, so that which is uh, that which is redeemed is restored. Uh, I like this. It's restored to the ownership of the one who had lost possession. (laughs) Back in the Old Testament times, when a person lost control of their land because of their inability to pay a debt, he could redeem that land. He could have it released back into his possession by making a required payment, or someone else making a required payment for him. And similarly, if a person was forced into servitude back then to repay a debt by means of his labor, he also could be redeemed, released from that service by paying the price of his redemption. When Israel was enslaved in Egypt, God redeemed the entire nation from their enslavement by the means of the Passover. Redeemed the entire nation. The the price paid to release us from the bondage of sin and return us to God was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He paid that price for us. <clears throat> so that means that we that are saved, us that have been redeemed, means our lives belong to God. That that is a true fact that I don't think we uh think on enough. Our lives belong to to God because we've been bought with a price. Our lives belong to God. He's got a plan for us. Is that right? Absolutely. It's, it's right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price." Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, we belong to God and He said that we are to glorify Him in our body, which is His. That should make us uh, really think about a lot of things that we do in this life. I mean, truly in all that we do, are we doing it with the thought of trying to glorify God? And it's a good thought every day even as we get up. That we want to live that day in such a way that we're going to glorify God in our body. Redemption redemption means... Uh, 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 redemption means that sin has no further claim on our lives. Uh, what do you mean, preacher? We don't owe No, no. Get this: is this, this, we don't owe sin anything? We don't owe it anything. We don't have to go back because we don't owe it anything. We we don't have to do that. We don't owe sin anything. It's all been paid for. It's all been. It's all. It's all been. <laughs> we've been set free. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Are you counted among the redeemed? Has God set you free from sin and from death? Then say so. No, 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 no. Tell everyone what God has done for you. Tell everyone. Come on, Brother Mike encourages us week after week. Tell people, tell people, tell people, tell people, tell people, tell people, tell people. Tell, people. tell everyone what God has done for you. I'm telling you, proclaiming your salvation through Jesus Christ will help your Christian walk. it help your Christian walk. There's people who've been saved for years that have not spoken to anyone about Jesus for years. Mercy. Proclaim your salvation. Let people know you're saved by the grace of God. Come on, when somebody tries to tempt you with sin even, I've been bought with a price. Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. And you can do whatever you feel like you need to do, but I'm just not going to do those things anymore. Come on, that's good preaching if I am doing it. We have to take a stand. Proclaim your salvation. I mean, you've been set free from sin. You don't have to sin anymore. You don't have to do those things anymore. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Be a soldier of the cross. We have been redeemed. We've been redeemed. But number two, and I said only have a couple. Everybody say amen right there. We have the forgiveness of sins. (laughs) We've been bought with a price. We belong to the Lord and we have forgiveness of sin. Now listen to this. Please listen to this. Redemption and forgiveness are very closely related. For sure. Redemption means we've been set free and returned to the ownership of God. Come on. I am His and He is mine. Hallelujah. Very thankful for that. He is my Heavenly Father. I've been adopted into the family. <laughs> forgiveness assures us that God will receive us with open arms. What do you mean, preacher? He no longer holds our sin against us. Oh, I'll at least make you smile. He no longer holds our sin against us. Sin can have a lot of negative effects upon our relationship with God. We know initially it alienated us from God, didn't it? Ephesians chapter number two alienated us from God. Now we're saved by the grace of God. Sin burdens us with guilt if we don't keep it confessed. It burdens us with guilt. Adam was afraid to face God because he was ashamed of his condition. After they sinned. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked. Excuse me. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, Adam did I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself He was guilty and he knew it He had broken the very one commandment that God had given them and he knew it God knew who God knew where he was Adam where are you God knew where he was He wanted Adam to realize where he was, and sin still brings guilt, doesn't it? Come on, in discipleship, in discipleship uh, on Monday night, we we, we studied through uh, uh, the second lesson, the Bible, and one of the quotes that's in there is uh, about the Bible is. Uh, This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And isn't it terrible how... No, no, no. Isn't it terrible how sin can get a grip on us and cause us to neglect the Bible? Cause a, no, no. Cause us to neglect the prayer to our God who is there for us. No, no, no. Look up here, please. Even Even when we have failed, He's there for us. Amen. He's there for us. But sin can bring guilt into our lives. And if we don't go to God, if we run from God instead of running to God, pretty soon we're a long way from God. And sin keeps us away from the book. And it keeps us away from talking to our Heavenly Father the way that we need to. God knows where we are. He knows right where we are. Oh Lord, I'm just so ashamed because I have failed you. And I just, what? Don't let that keep you away from God. Mercy. The burden of King David's guilt made him feel as if he had shriveled and died on the inside. In Psalm 32, verse 3, the Bible says this When I kept silence, my, vo- my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Unforgiven sin places a burden on the conscience that was, well, that the conscience just was not created to bear. One of the hardest things that I've found in my life of my years of being saved is forgiving myself. Now I'm thankful my father, my heavenly Father, has forgiven me. But it can weigh heavy if we don't forgive ourselves, can't it? And it is tough. I'm looking forward to the day that uh, the Lord wipes away the remembrance of former things when I enter into to heaven. And I don't have to remember all those things anymore, the former things in my life. I'm, I'm thankful. I look forward to that time that God's going to do that. But until that time, we have to realize where we stand in our Savior. Albert Speer was one of the 24 Nazis that was tried uh, at Nuremberg. He was uh, the only one of those who was tried who admitted his guilt. He was uh, convicted and he he served a 20-year prison sentence for the crimes. And... uh, Following this conviction, Speer began to write about his experiences, and he always took in his writings, he always took personal responsibility for his crimes as part of the Nazi regime. His writings became bestsellers. He sold a lot of books. But from the proceeds, Speer made great contribution, great contributions to Jewish charities trying to make up for all the terrible, terrible things that he did. He actually died in 1981. But shortly before his death, he was interviewed on Good Morning America, ABC. And the interview questioned him on a quote from one of his earliest writings. He said to Spear, you have said the guilt can never... Let me start over. This interviewer said to Spear, you have said the guilt can never be forgiven or shouldn't be. Do you still feel that way? And Spear replied, I have served a sentence of 20 years and I could say I'm a free man. My conscience has been cleared, but I can't get rid of it. The interviewer then asked, you really don't think you'll be able to clear it Totally. And Spear shook his head and said, I don't think it will be possible. You know, though this man took full responsibility for his crimes, and though he paid for them with a prison term and tried to make up for them with gifts of charity, he carried a weight of guilt over what he had done all the way to his grave. All the way to His grave. Sin can make us feel worthless. Sin can make us feel defiled like we can't even be used by God. When the prodigal son returned home after his jaunt out he felt as though he was not worthy to be called the Father's Son. I'm no more worthy to be called thy Son. Make me as one of thy hired servants, he said over in Luke chapter 15. Oh, why is that, preacher? Because of his sin that he had gone and willfully committed, he had been in the depths of sin. He didn't feel worthy to be called a son, didn't feel worthy to be come back and, and be a, a part anymore. The Apostle Peter, he felt like he was too sinful to even be a follower of Jesus. When, when No, no, when, when he first met, Jesus was going to call him. He, he felt like he was way too sinful to even be a follower of Jesus Christ. The, the miracle of the fishes over in 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 luke chapter five where 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 the the fish came in and and into the boat they got all the fish in the boat and 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 Peter said said Depart from me for I'm sinful man, O Lord' I have to say I feel that way. And I have felt that way more so in times past, years past. Here's what I have to remember and here's what we have to remember. Please get this. God completely forgives our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. No, 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 he, no, 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 get this, get this. He completely forgives our sin. I mean, it's forgiven. It's, but preacher, I'm still a sinner. Me too. But He completely forgives our sin, completely. And forgiveness completely restores our relationship to God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So forgiveness completely removes the guilt of our sins as we remember, listen, it completely removes the guilt of our sins as we remember that He has paid the price for us. It's nothing I've done. As much as I may have tried to restore uh, uh, things that have happened in the past and whatever, as much as I've tried to apologize or whatever the case may be, it's nothing that I have done. It's everything that He has done. And I can lay my head down on my pillow at night knowing that I have been forgiven as I confess sins to God. Knowing that I have been forgiven and not only that God has forgiven All of my sins, but that he has forgotten all of my sins. He's forgotten them all. Well, how come? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It just slays me that people don't want to talk about the blood of Christ anymore. And they don't want to sing about the blood of Christ anymore. And they don't care to hear about the blood of Christ anymore. I'm telling you, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, we're all in bad trouble. But because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that it was shed for the sin of mankind, and because if you have have turned your heart to God in repentance and trusted Christ as your personal Savior... All of your sin has been forgiven and forgotten. And because of that, we can have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west so far, He hath removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. as far as the east is from the west our sins have been removed you mean as far as the north from the south no 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 as far as the east from the west while well, coming from out north and south because if you start heading north and you head north long enough north long enough pretty soon you're going to be going south but if you head east and you don't turn around you're always going to be going east They don't meet up. Okay, you don't have to be happy about that. But I am telling you, my sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I know who Bill Marshall is. I know who he was. I know what I've done. I'm telling you, I am so very thankful because of the gift that was given on the cross of Calvary all those years ago. My sin has been forgiven and forgotten. Yes, amen. It should keep us going, folks. It's what should keep us motivated to live more for Christ. It's what should cause us to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. The price has been paid. This isn't some great work you have to do. What do I have to do to get to heaven? Do I have to pay? Do I have to buy? Do I have to work? Do all these things... The Mormon church is right across the street from our house. We see those people come and go and come and go and in their white shirts and black ties and little name tags and all these things. And they're out there trying to work their way to heaven. They're out there trying to take care of their their sin by themselves. They'll never be able to do it. And it's really a shame that they might serve their God more than we serve our God. I'll leave that for another message. Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen says, Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Isaiah 43.25 I, even I, am He that blotteth out transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44.22 I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins return unto me for I have redeemed thee. Hebrews 10.17 And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Forgiveness frees us Listen, please listen to this. Forgiveness frees us to live with present worth and future hope. My dad told me a lot of times I was just worthless over and again. Started believing that all those years ago. I'm worth something to God. Amen. Yes. You're worth something to God because of what He did. Because of the price that He paid. But not only present worth, but future hope. We have hope for the future. Hope that people that don't know the Lord don't have. Psalm thirty-two five says this, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah, uh, uh, verse 6, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt comp, uh, uh, compass, compass me about with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah! <clears throat> my sin has been forgiven. My sin has been forgiven. It's important, though, that we confess our sins to the Lord when we have sinned. I said it's important that we confess our sins to the Lord. Come on, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We do pick up the dirt of the world, don't we? Okay. (laughs) As we walk through life every day, we do pick up the dirt of the world, don't we? Come on, we rub shoulders with it. And we're surrounded by it. it. It comes in through our smartphones. It comes in through our computers. It comes in through our television. It, I mean, it is everywhere. And uh, we need that cleansing, don't we? And we get that by confession. Because to truly confess, get this, God wants our confession because He wants us to be honest with Him. He wants us to be honest where we see those failures. He wants us to confess those things to Him. And as we confess those things to Him, there is forgiveness to be had and the forgiveness still comes through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 51 is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible because I've gone to it so many times over the years. But verse 7 says this, "...purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities created me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me make me to hear joy and gladness well, I tell you what, if we just, no, 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 if we won't confess sin as sin and repent of sin that should be repented of, if we just continue on in those things, it robs us of our joy, it robs us of our gladness. And I'm here to tell you tonight, there's no need for that because it's already been forgiven. Amen. <clears throat> Let me close with this. We know this for a fact. Salvation provides us with immediate forgiveness. I'm talking about complete forgiveness. I'm talking about eternal forgiveness. Healing forgiveness. A healing forgiveness. And of course that forgiveness is only available through the blood of Jesus. Jesus. But when a, uh, when a sinner receives Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, all of their sins, past, present, and whatever sins they may commit in the future, they're, they're all washed away from the sinner. And they're all put away from God. I believe that that's the reason all those years ago that I, after I got saved, that I had such peace, a peace that I'd never experienced before. Because it was gone. No, no, I mean gone. And at that point, nothing remains to strain the relationship. Nothing, 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 nothing remains to, to prevent God from fully loving and receiving the forgiven individual. Once we're saved by the grace of God, God's never going to deny us. He's always going to be there for us. Well, preacher, you just don't know. It. And, and I just feel so ashamed to come to God because of these things that I've done and the way that I've been, the way I've acted, and these things I've harbored in my heart against people. and I just feel so ashamed to come to God. That's the way Adam felt. And all God wanted it is for him just to come to him and be honest. He could take care of all of those things, God, as we just come to Him and open up. There's no need for us to run from God at all. He is there for us. All of our sin has been forgiven as we come and confess sin that we have have, uh, um, done in our life That's all taken care of. There's just no reason to run from God unless we don't want to let our sin go. And that's really not a good reason whatsoever considering that He's taken care of everything for us. Only the atoning blood of Christ allows God to forgive us like that. It has nothing to do with you or me. Come on, I want you to understand this. I'm I'm done. But it has nothing to do with you or me. It has everything to do with the price that was paid by the one on that cross all those years ago. The one that came to save us from our sins. The book of Matthew says. If you've received Christ as your personal Savior, you've been forgiven and you've been redeemed. Bought with a price, forgiven of all your sin. So really, after just thinking about all of that, when's the last time that you took time to thank God for the wonderful outpouring of His grace and forgiveness. I couldn't stand before you tonight except for the wonderful grace and forgiveness of God. If anything should keep us going in our Christian life, It should be that. That His mercies are new every morning. (laughs) I'm very thankful. Very thankful. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank You for the forgiveness of sin. Thank You for this blessed book that we have before us proclaims these things, that we might come to know You as our personal Savior, and that we might, uh, that we might have clear direction in how to, how to stay close to You. I don't know how You may have spoken to hearts tonight. I know You spoke to my heart. Lord, I, I just want to thank You for being such a loving, caring, Heavenly Father that You've never given up on me from that time that I trusted Christ as my Savior. And the times that I've failed You over and again, You've always been there. Just want me to be close. Want to help me through every step of my life. I pray as we open the altar tonight that there there may be folks that just need to come and thank You for a while for what You've done. I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody that's in the bondage of sin, that uh, they would uh, repent of those things, confess it to You, and allow You to set them free. I pray, Father, that tonight, by the time we leave here, that everyone will have a clear conscience because they have confessed to You and trusted Your forgiveness to be everything it needs to be. Help us, Lord tonight just to uh remember what you've done for us. We'll thank you for we ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet, pianos playing